They're taking Cherubin pot strewn strategically along the daily. Charter boys are tying paternosters in preparation for the fray. Tinnies are being towed to target on the Arnhem Highway. Over in Gove, they're rigging up teasers for the big boys. There's an air of anxious optimism at harbourside boat ramps as launch time looms. And in the front bar of the top end pub. So it's prime runoff, Daly River Creek mouth, beautiful colour coming out. And as you do, I set up seven rods with live bait, full spider web covering the whole creek mouth. I don't understand why everyone else was shouting at me. Uh oh. Smith. What's going on? Jesus, is that the time? Oh, showtime, great. Yeah, let's go. Quick, quick, hurry up. Drink get up. your bums in the boat and get on with it. G'day fishos and welcome back to the tinny for another Friday or Saturday or whatever day of the week it might be as you're plying your trade across the uh, the blue as it calms off a little bit doesn't it last few reports over the past week have been of of glass which has been nice if you can dodge the uh, the odd storm brewing on the horizon or perhaps you're chasing the big barrier in Billabong or Creek Mouth or coastal foreshore where plenty of reports are coming in of uh, although you know to get the actual facts on on how many and where precisely is is like pulling teeth it's near on impossible tim moore with you again on the tinny with rock how you going rock oh i'm good i'm good for us winding down towards the end of the year you know how people start to slow down and mm. get a bit tired and a bit worn out and stuff it is that time when it, on the horizon is the end yeah. is christmas yeah but also on the horizon a big week yep this week because the inaugural 2019 uh, get a dumpling up your tour is underway in but days to uh, singapore look i i heard yesterday some of the what would I say, characters that are attending this trip. <laughs> and I can't believe that we would let them go unsupervised. And Packy Andy is leading the way. I mean, come on. With Jared Godson from Real Screaming, now Waddy from Barefoot is on board, and some other random stragglers. This, by the way, Rock, is not a, an ABC Tales and the Tinny endorsed event. So this isn't the frothy and a waffle Christmas tinny beer as such. But it is wholeheartedly supported by uh, the Church of the Tinny. Well, I'm glad you said that because from a risk management point of view... That's precisely the reason. Uh, yeah, that lot of jokers... <laughs> yeah, you're asking for... <laughs> if that was an official ABC Tales and the Tinny sanctioned invent, we're, we're heading for court. There's I no think, doubt about it. I think as the high priestess, mm. I might have to attend... You have an obligation, right? I could right. wrangle that lot. I think I could do a really good job. Are you good getting job. on the plane? Well, I, I might consider it. I don't mind a good dumpling. It's end of next week, isn't it? Oh, that soon. That soon. You, well, can, there's some, you there's, can do this. Well, there are some spots still left. So if there's any other um, tinny girls. Well, it took off at the time it was proposed to get a dumpling up your tour of uh, 2019. Uh, there were 16 people who joined the, the Facebook, the movement. Ah. Uh, not surprising there's still uh, seats left on the plane. If you're interested in joining there, not our, there, get a uh, get a dumpling up your tour, you can you can get onto the Facebook page. Uh, meanwhile, it has been bloody hot, has it not, Fisher? How about that? How about that heat? Gee, it's hot out there. Gee, it's hot. It's hot out there. How many times have you heard that in the last week or two? It's hot out there. Meanwhile, some crazy weather back south. New South Wales copping bushfires in the southwest rocks. Hailstorms with... Massive hailstorms. Look at the size of the hail. It's absolutely getting annihilated. Oh no! Look at the hail hitting the water. This is insane. Have a look at the size of these hailstones. Oh man! Look at the size of them. Look at the size. Are you getting the size of the hailstones? I watched the video on Facebook. That was full on, wasn't it? 
Yeah. It would have been actually quite scary. Um, well, they were getting bruised. They were quite like hand-sized hailstones. Mm. We'll check back in with those poor bastards in a bit. In fact, probably quite regularly. See, see if there's any change in the size of the hailstones! <laughs> That's a contrast, isn't it? I bet you've, I bet you've been um, fishing again, Rock. Likely not in hailstones or hailstorms. Oh, I should have been. I went to Shoal Bay. We just did half a day because there were other obligations. You know how it is for some fishos. Yeah. Um, and so we didn't do too well, but it was really good. I haven't been out to Shoal Bay for a little while, so it was good to get out there. And a common theme is that, you know, you'll get to the boat ramp and there's always a few people out there. There's always a few people sitting at the rock and you wonder how they go. And mm. we often don't fish it um, because they don't tend to bite. But look, We've got more to talk about with that later. We've yeah, got well, someone that wants to talk quite well about it. And don't don't tune out because it's a really interesting little chat. Yeah, real lot of detail mm. in, in a new, well, not a new way, just as, I suppose, a different approach to fishing Shoal Bay and, and parts of, uh, around the rock. Well, Singapore firstly, but aren't you also going to Ramen Guinea or Tiwis or something? No, no. I'm, oh, yes, I'm going to the Tiwis this weekend. And I've timed this so badly because I just found out yesterday that... Um, Palmerston Game Fishing Club are going to be there with their annual Tiwi trip. Oh, you'll, you'll thought, be amongst the crowds. I thought, oh dear. But I've got f- really good friends there. That, oh, you'll uh, have a they've got it nutted out, mm. so I'll be all right. The no name, no face, faceless man. Yeah, he's, he's. Or woman or thing. Yeah, he's shown his face, the faceless man. Or her or face. Her. <laughs> yeah, and gave us some um, a little report on the Roper, so stay tuned for that one too, because that's really. That's really good news. Mm, there's yeah. a uh, there's a bit more behind the roper than we're actually we suspect there is anyway. Then we're actually in a position to broadcast. Mm. More on that throughout the tinny. Flicked our arms off until we were dead. First drop straight on, like f- couldn't stop them. So there's probably two, still two big nice gutter marks where you've seen my feet trying to stop the boat at full throttle. Tales from the tinny. Well, he's back, the Ayatollah of the uh, DKVR. I suppose by saying he's back, it, it's because, well, I'm back as well. We're all back. Yeah, I have to say and something here. No, I've, I've got to interject here, Tim. What have I've I got done? to say, I'm going to stand up for the church here oh, and no. say, Where the bloody hell have you been? <laughs> I was fishing. Where the bloody hell are what, you? What, what is the problem with actually going fishing unsuccessfully? Well, like everybody else, the weekends, mate, you have to work. <laughs> Come on, there's too many people on the weekends thanks to these people on a show called Tales from the Tinny telling them where to go on the weekends. Well, that's what we're here for. We're here to just uh, tell the truth. Warren, we're... Warren, get a... <laughs> we're going to shut her down. Uh, how are you going, mate? I'm good, mate. Good, Tim. Rocky, hello. Oh, you... hello. Now, you've got to reveal something that's always challenging for you too, telling people where to go uh, on the weekend. <laughs> nicely. D- ni- on, yeah, down, yeah, nicely. D- down the roper, mate. How did it go? Yeah, not too bad. It's... Um... Fishing reasonably well. It's probably a little bit indicative of the poor wet seasons that the fish are not there in the same numbers, I suppose, as what they have been in previous years. I suppose we're sort of looking at four years now that we've been without a really good wet on the roper or in that Gulf region. So it's sort of showing signs of um, fish stocks not as high as what you would expect. And having said that, though, I mean, we did catch... About a hundred barrel, just over a hundred barrel. He for does. The yeah. He does it every pace. time. He goes, "Nah, it was crap. <laughs> yeah. No, nah, it's a bit slower than uh, I thought. It was one thousand barrel. No, we Tang. only no, no. caught. Yeah. You get a bit spoiled, I suppose. That's the problem yeah. that everyone's going to say. Stop your whinge and your wanker. And yeah, that's exactly probably... what we say. I think we just said that. <laughs> Didn't we say the other <laughs> week? There's, we no pri- there's no prizes for whinging. No, yeah, no, no, exactly. Just... And, and having said that, and changing the subject a little bit, Trent is just out at the uh, Vic and uh, he's gone out there yesterday and today and an 87, an 86, an 84 and an 83 in the first uh, two hours of fishing. He's no longer trolling or trawling. What, what do we say up here? I always get into trouble. But it's I think trawling. It's trawling, okay. Um, <laughs> they love it, when you, a, they love it yeah. when you say that. I'll, I'll deal with the complaints, mate. What he was doing, or what he is doing, is that he would use his sounder, find the fish, drop his electric, and then vibe them. Mm. So he's he's actually targeting that fish, and, and the first fish he's seen, he caught straight away, which was an 87, and he repeated that um, consecutively four times in a row, wow. where he would look for the fish, or look for structure. He would mark a fish on a rock bar, or sitting on a snag, and then he would put the electric down, work out roughly or you know pretty accurately as he could where the fish 
would have been laying and then starts a casting pattern to cover that area. Such an exciting way to fish, thanks to tech these days. Well, I, I've recently been in Queensland fishing some of the rivers there, and that's exactly what they do. And even in the tournaments, a lot of them fish like that, some of the better anglers, where they, you know, they don't... I would normally go and I'd fish, you know, places that I know fish should be Look sitting. Look fishy and yeah, feel fishy. Yeah, but these guys are heavily reliant on what's going on on the sounder, and, and often in the middle of the river and looking for fish moving through, and they'll just um, they'll, they'll anchor up and they'll be casting at where they think those fish are going to be and work that area, and that's where they get the fish. So, so was he predominantly in snags, Warren? No, he was working uh, rock bars because there's not a lot of snags in the Vic and any man-made structures like the bridge or anything like that that would hold um, cover for bait or current that the fish can sit in. And it was really interesting even, and, and he'll probably get cranky with me telling you this, but on the bridge where he was fishing, he he sounded the pylons, um, but there was no fish sitting in between the two pylons of the bridge, but they were sitting in the upstream a little bit into the current, um, only about 20 or 30 feet away from the bridge, but they weren't actually where you would expect to see them when you, if you were looking without a sounder and saying, well, gee, there should be barra sitting yeah. you know, in behind that pylon uh, waiting to ambush bait, but they're actually in, up in front of the pylon into the current Wow. Maybe they're not even feeding. Maybe they're just sitting there resting. And, and of course, something so tasty as a, a vibe comes dropping past their nose, they instinctively grab it. Cracking good fishing he's having, and uh, thanks for blowing it. <laughs> yeah, he's probably going to be cranky. <laughs> oh, he's going to it's be probably cranky. another knee I'm going to lose now. I hope you guys have got a fun <laughs> well, well, GoFundMe page going so that I can get knee replacements. I did notice how quickly you moved away from the roper, so I'm going to take you, uh, and how convenient that was, actually. Uh, I'm going to take you back there. D- did any patterns evolve over the time you were there to be able to be finding them and eventually boating those, those hundred or so? No, it's just a matter of working hard and con- constantly working. But, of course, again, it's the top of the tide uh, that the bite was was m- the most productive and also on the bottom of the tide, providing the wind. And, of course, one of the, the problems that you deal with in the Gulf is that the afternoon sea breeze starts at about 11 o'clock and keeps on going until about 2 o'clock in the morning. So you end up with this um, screaming southeasterly coming in and that just shuts it down. So you've got basically from 6 o'clock or as soon as you get up with sunlight to about 11 o'clock to try and get your fishing in out the front and then you have to either go upstream and go up into the creeks and fish inside the rope to get away from the wind. But definitely that coincided in the morning with the high tide and that's when you found majority of those barra coming out and wanting to feed. Talking to a lot of other people right around the coastline, there are a lot of fish schooling up outside these creek mouths or river mouths at the moment. So uh, maybe a lot of these fish did not come into the rivers this year, um, they've been out somewhere else, either maybe out on the reefs, I don't know where they were, but they're now moving back into the mouths of the rivers um, to waiting for the start of the wet season. And if someone could just ring the bell and say, wet season, you can now come, it'd be really nice because we've sort of been running at 40 plus degrees for the last 565 days. <laughs> <Yeah>. hey, <laughs> hey, Warren, we met um, a kid last week, I don't know if you heard, who's who's planning to take on the lineage after the DeWitt's Sell up rod and rifle tackle work. You met this I young did. fella. He's committed. He he reckons he's going to take over the shop. Show me the money. <laughs> yeah, Lawson Fletcher, mate. He's got his eyes on you. Well, I'm happy to just go off into the sunset. <laughs> Show me the money, Lawson. Show me the money and I will go. I keep telling Trent that too, by the way, and I don't seem to see any money from him either. Uh, he just leaves you in the shop while he goes fishing. Exactly. He's using me really well. I'm working harder than what I've ever done, buddy. (laughs) See you, Warren. All right. See you, Rocky. There are many a spy in the bell tower of our church, Tinny. Yes, there are many. (laughs) With long, long focused um, paparazzi cameras. They do. In the bell tower. You know, the ones with the massive, massive lens that can see 18 kilometres away if a celebrity comes off a beach with no top on. That's what our spies are running up there. And if Warren thinks he can just remain (laughs) (laughs) tight-lipped, not happening. Uh, He's trying so hard, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Well, our no-name, no-face, faceless man, woman, fish, whatever. Inanimate object. (laughs) (laughs) Has revealed that there has been some really good catches at the rope. Some solid fishing. Some of them got into some big girls. Yeah, and one boat in particular, it was one metre after another. Thank you for the report and we hope that 
nameless, faceless, inanimate object doesn't also get kneecapped, uh, as Warren no doubt will by Can't. his own son, by his own flesh and blood. Well, the no name, no face, faceless man, person cannot get kneecapped. Because it doesn't have knees. It's, you know, this is the church that will never be revealed. We would go to jail. We would go to jail for this person. The faceless thing is kneeless as it is. Doesn't even exist in body. Only in spirit. Omnipresent. <laughs> Ever watchful in the, in the bell tower of the church. Hi, I'm David Green. I've just come back from four days fishing out near Ramanginning in Arnhem Land. Our trip was at one of the rather well-known resorts out there and we fished for both Barramundi and out on the reefs. Um, due to the poor wet season last year, as with everywhere around Darwin, the barra fishing was a lot slower than usual and we probably caught less than half the fish that had previously been experienced at this time of year. However, we caught over 60 barra in three days barra fishing the largest of these was 81 centimetres and there was a lot of nice fish lost as well. Um, most of these fish were caught on soft vibes, plastics and quite a few on hard bodies um, in the Billingimby and woollen systems. Saltwater barrows around the headlands were all in fighting fit condition and there was a lot of good fish uh, caught by the other members of the crew. Further offshore the reef fishing was nothing short of spectacular and on soft fibes dropped to the bottom on the reefs in around 20 metres of water I think we caught well over a dozen species including cobia, golden trevally, brassy trevally, giant trevally, coral trout, golden snapper, various emperor species, cod and a range of other fish. David Green, also known as Greeny, has been stalking Barra up here for years, decades in fact. And stay tuned because Greeny talks a bit more later in the show about soft vibing. And he's for, coming back. Yeah, and for those that don't know him, he's quite a well-known identity right across Australia, being a fishing writer mm. and, and involved in a lot of things recreationally fishing. So mm. it's really, really good that we get an opportunity to talk to him. So stay tuned because the stuff on soft vibes is really worth listening to. And let's face it, fishers, it is all about the vibe of the thing. It's all part of it. This is what I'm getting at. That's my point. It's... It's the vibe of it. New transducer, bottom of corroborate billabong. <laughs> and actually the aircon shit itself on the way home. I was a sweaty mess. Tales from the sea. G'day, Jared from Real Scream and Barra Fishing. It's late November. That means that I'm guessing there's barramundi that have been gracing your casting deck in several locations. You'd be right, Beard. No, I've been out and about or anywhere from uh, Shady to Darwin Harbour. There's quite a few barra about, just got to get them to bite. Uh, our technology shows us there's plenty of fish about, but uh, they take a little bit of tempting. Just keep peppering them and uh, trying to get them to look up and eat. So what have you been trying? Oh, everything from uh, jig trolling over the top of them to vibes to, to big soft plastics, bladed ones, um, yeah, just basically everything in the arsenal. And everything is working. Uh, as long as you stay there long enough and uh, you yeah, don't get invaded by all the other boats. But, yeah, they're hard work. So how close are you having to get it over their nose for them to have a sniff? Oh, you've got to be right on their head. Some of the ones that are, that are tucked up on the rock bars and uh, out in front of the creek mouths, you've got to um, basically bang it into them. And then it's certainly not an aggressive bite, like particularly when they suck those vibes in. Uh, there's a couple of seconds there of, uh, of nothingness and then, then mayhem. Let's go out Shady Way for a tick. What have you been finding this year? It's probably been one of the hardest years at Shady. The wind has not allowed it to clean up. Normally we get four hours of really good clean water. Bite time there now is sort of 40 minutes and then sort of follow the water up for another hour. So the bite time is really has fallen away. So we're, we're fishing different locations. So we're doing a fair few k's at Shady, chasing that fish in the clearer water so we can, uh, you know, take our clients out and not have a our 40-minute bite time that we, um, we chase them hard. Have you been out this Neeps? 
I haven't. I will be going out this Neeps, probably go out Friday for a look. I don't know, I haven't heard much, heard a couple of threadies being caught, but um, yeah, I've been closer to town in the, in the last couple of weeks, but it's been dirty and it's been uh, it's been a tough year. There's fish out there and we've got some good fish out there up to a metre nine, but it's certainly tougher than uh, than other years. I saw a pic on your Facebook uh, of a, a barra that was was not line caught, uh, that was <laughs> that was prop caught. Uh, what was the go there? That was leaving the mouth of Sampan with a couple of clients on a two-dayer out there a few weeks ago and uh, 50 k's an hour and I thought I'd hit a small crocodile and turned around and seen something splashing on top of the water and cleaned up a 88 centimetre with the, with the motor, which, um, yeah, she couldn't be released, unfortunately. Sitting pretty close to the surface then? Oh, yeah, really close. If they're not sitting right on the bottom, they're right on the top, so we've slowed slowed our trolling down at Shady a fair bit running really shallow big lures uh, and working that first two to three feet of the water um, those, those big girls are, um, are certainly out there nice and shallow How slow are you talking? Well my boat trolls at about 5k's an hour so we if if I sound them up I'll, I'll knock it in and out of gear slow and um, basically and jig troll them up um, if anyone knows me they, they know I'm a pretty solid power troller I like to troll pretty quick but yeah switch back to the old jig troll um nice and slow out there seems to be uh i I think because they are a bit quiet that that rattle might be making them look up and uh take notice so switching to the harbour been targeting the the bigger tides here or what yeah just been doing the spring it's just doing doing half days for families and stuff so we've been going harbour arms there just on that low tide sort of hour and a half either side of the low uh, yeah, just casting uh, small minnows and, and prawns and stuff into those drains. And there's been some good barra about and good eating ones too, and a lot of 60s and stuff around the harbour, so the harbour's been fishing quite well. We talked to Peter Cooper, uh, winner of Tebs this year, uh, a little while back, and he talked about the, his bog-standard soft plastic for the harbour was like a 5-inch plastic with a, with a weedless hook. What are you flicking around? Oh, my go-to is the prawn, yeah, for barra, threadies, feeder flathead. Uh, all that sort of stuff and everything eats a prawn and it's my go-to lure by by a long shot but I, I take the weedless out and put a jig head in it just to um just makes it sink a little faster and, and you can just slow that twitch right down to to the slowest twitch you've um that you can do how heavy jig head uh three eight which is heavier than the standard weedless ones that come with it but um yeah and but it drops the nose down where where the weedless one that comes with it drops it under the belly of the prawn the jig head drops the head down first and uh, I think it gives it a better natural uh, look and 3.8 you using that in, in the super shallow stuff as well? yeah just we're, we're parking out a, a good 10 metres away from the drain so we're not spooking anything and, um, and just using the lighter uh, spin gear to get those prawns in, it takes the clients a long time, that first hour or so of practice and the fish usually come on the turn of the tide but it takes them so long to, to slow everything down for that barra fishing uh, prawns in the harbour it, it takes a little uh, getting used to. So Shady Harbour been anywhere else? Uh, leaders got uh, went and done a little blue, bit of blue water on the Queenies and Trevally and uh, Mackey's out at out just out the front of Leaders we've done uh, Leaders Barra, Leaders Jewies, not plentiful, but there's yeah, some good solid uh, chrome ones about, and, and there's a few Jewies about. You finding Spaniards or Broad Bar, or you know, what's still around? We're finding mostly heads coming up because they're hungry sharks, but <laughs> um, yeah, no, everything, everything's out there, yeah, Spanish Broad Bar. You mentioned Jewies, what have you been getting onto? We've done a little bit out shady out the front. First time I've, I've vibed up some Jewies in the last 12 months, it's always been bait, but I don't take bait out anymore. The vibes have been working well on the shallow two metre reef, so yeah, up to I think we got a 132 centimetre jewy out there the other day just on the little spin gear I use for flicking for barra, so that was all good fun in two metres. <laughs> 132 jewy in two metres of water, you're pretty uh, nonchalant about that. Oh, well, that's, that's what they are in, out at Shady, she's pretty shallow out there on the low tide, yeah, and it's good fun, like as long as you've got plenty of line and a uh, good solid leader on the end of that 30 pound braid it'll get to the boat 
132 in two metres, that's enough to drop the jaw of any punter, surely. Oh, yeah, particularly uh, the small Singaporean that got him. I reckon the, the Dewey wasn't far off body weight size from, uh, from the man who caught it. <laughs> Speaking of Singapore, look, I'm surprised you're not wearing a bib, actually, for the salivation that must be happening uh, ahead of the famed dumpling trip. The famed dumpling trip's only uh, a week away, so we're looking forward. I think we've got 10 or 11 confirmed, all booked and ready to go, Beard. This is the first one of hopefully many. Uh, we can get some fishos and some like-minded people over there and for a long weekend. I assume you've got a, a shopping list of lures that are not able to be purchased in Australia. Yeah, there's some, there's some Japanese uh, bass lures that work really well in the billabong that I got over there in uh, May this year. Um, which I'll be going straight back to that tackle shop but Singaporeans love their jigging so a lot of metal jigs and Japanese bass lures that we can't get in Australia so I think we've got about 8 or 10 tackle shops that we're, uh, that's on the list So you're cool if I give you a few, just a few things to, to pick up for me while you're over there? Yep. Yeah. No worries at all mate we'll, uh, we've already got a shopping list from people but the terms and conditions are of the shopping list you must come on the second dumpling tour <laughs> oh, that's fair enough. <laughs> Good on you, Jared. Thanks for the chat. By the way, Beard, get a dumpling up here. Yeah. Uh, and you. Cheers, mate. Yeah. The non-officially ABC-sanctioned but wholeheartedly endorsed and supported great Get a Dumpling Up Your Tour of Singapore 2019. And the High Priestess is considering very carefully her attendance. Well, I am, but... Best you know, of luck. They need supervision. They certainly do. And you're the one to deliver it. Get a dumpling up here, you mob. Beard, they reckon that crime stats are on the way down in the Territory. Do they? That's what they reckon. Oh, assaults are down in Palmerston. Oh, no, but break-ins are down a little bit in the northern suburbs. To that, the Church of the Tinny calls bull****. We'll give you a statistic. His name's Rocket. He's in Milner. So we went out fishing out to Dundee, about 70 k's offshore. Some small reds and then got bigger and bigger and then the biggest was about a 66 nanny. So you've got a young family at home, Rocket. I'd be guessing you would have necked some of those prime species to be a fatherly provider. Yeah, we filled the esky, bringing them back to the boat ramp and um, drove home. So you stroll back through your gate, no doubt bursting with pride, head held high, shoulders broad, esky full of fish to provide for family. What happens next? Oh yeah, I got the cryvac out, put them into meal-sized portions, said to the wife... Um, I'm going to take the young fella for a walk and the dog. You go have a bath and just relax. Continuing to be pretty much father and husband of the year. Trying, trying so hard. Here's some essential oils and soaps, darling. <laughs> and I light some candles. Just relax, I'll look after child and dog. Fish and dinner. Outside bath as, the, as well. Relaxing there and I've gone for a walk and a couple of quick phone calls and then a message and then she said we've had an intruder. There's somebody in the backyard and here's this fellow scaling our back fence. Say the word you wanted to say then. <laughs> Sam's looked up and said, Oi, what the f***? And then he made haste and he was straight over the fence and he had something in his hand. Not too sure what it was. So I tried to race home, but I had a dog that was a bit wounded and so I was trying to run but dragging her and it ended up being a, a power walk. Power walk with a beer in your hand. <laughs> With a beer in my hand. Empty by that stage. How, how was your partner when you got home? She must have been rattled. Oh, she was shaking. Yeah, she still is. Yeah, pretty invasive. Coppers came around and not until I went to go and grab a beer and I noticed the chest freezer was ajar and then I opened it up and the barra that I'd had from a couple of weeks before was at the top and slightly defrosting and picked up the nana guy and the tricky and they were still soft. And there was only two packets. I had four packets. The f stole me f***ing nana guy. Had it been labelled nana guy? It had labelled nanny. It was clearly, clearly had red on the skin. How long since you'd filleted it and put it in the esky? How long had it been there? Two hours. It was fresh. It was the freshest fish you could get. It was like it was a supermarket. That he's gone through, no, I don't want Barra, that's got a dirty date on it. This is still soft, I'll take that. He took your prime fish within two hours of filleting it. I was dirty, really dirty. 
what did this low-down mongrel son of a actually go past? 40-inch TV outside. There's an iPad on the table. The missus' phone. You want to go and have a look at the bottles of wine that are on the bloody fridge? Take us to the scene of the crime. So just moving through the scene now, taking some forensic evidence, given that it doesn't seem police are on this job, or that it truly reflects what we're hearing in the media about crime stats on the way down. This guy's family has been invaded. My God, look at the wine. You can imagine the violation. Yeah, a few bottles of wine up here. Um, now there's a couple of locks on there just in case he comes back again. I noticed you put a padlock on the, uh, on the chest freezer. That says it all, doesn't it? No one in our community should have to listen in the media one day to crime stats going down and the next day go to the hardware store and buy a padlock to keep their beer and fish safe. This is, ju- this is, a, lo- this is a new low rocket. Yeah, it's pretty low. So any further contact with police? Did they give you a promise number? Yeah, they gave us a number. When we found out there was something that was taken, we called back. What did they say after telling them that they'd stolen some fillets? They asked what, um, what the approximate value of the item that was stolen, and she in turn replied, priceless. That's the correct answer. Do you know how hard it is to drive down to, to, to Dundee, motor 70 k's offshore, drop baits or lures, catch a 66 centimetre nanogai, bring it home, fill it up, put it in the freezer. The value is priceless. It was just a little bit raw that it was that f-ing day that it happened. It was only hours before. Like, what a come down from such a high. Your missus is in the bath with the bath salts. You're having a beer, walking the dog, and then this. Yeah, it's still a bit too soon to, to sort of be able to realise the, the hurt. Your advice to any other fish show in the northern suburbs with some prime reef species fillets in the freezer? Kill it, fill it, and lock it up. What do you have to say to government and police and their message that crime stats are on the way down? Stop lying to us. Thank you, Rocket. <laughs> Cheers, fellas. So, if someone rocks up to a party or a foreshore barbie with some fillets of delicious-looking nanny but can't quite recount the detail of the fishing trip and the fishing anecdote. A bit vague of where and how and when they caught it. That is our suspect, Fishos. That is our suspect. Report it to the tinny immediately. Get stuck into these people. Do some interrogating, because we really need to get to the bottom of this. If you do rock up to a barbie or a, or a party mm. with a bag full of fresh nanny guy fillets and you're an honest, genuine, upstanding member of the church, the first thing you're going to do is brag. You're going to tell everyone who'll listen and everyone who won't listen. Uh, regale them with the story of what a hero provider you are and where you caught it and how you caught it. And you have... The person who wanders in and doesn't tell that story is A, not an honourable member of the church, B, not a fisho, and C, a bloody low-down mongrel thieving scumbag who's flogged them from good hard-working, honest, territory fisho rocket. Kill it, fill it and lock it. There's the lesson for you, fishos. It's a sad indictment on the state we find ourselves in in the Northern Territory that we do indeed now, don't we? Kill it, fill it and lock it. Who is responsible? Who is responsible? Right, firstly, it does have to be mentioned. Well-known Dundee Charter Company of choice. <laughs> <laughs> There's a clue. Uh, high and dry on the rocks at Dundee. Their public release uh, timed perfectly of the photo, uh, or the public release. No doubt it wasn't them who released it. It was someone else who captured them. Uh, but it, however, appeared to be perfectly timed to miss tinny publication deadlines last mm. week. Uh, as if it was strategic. Yeah, I think so. Mm. And, and the but, photo is fabulous. Oh, it is wonderful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but, but nah, I don't, don't think we'll forget about it by the next week. We won't. And we don't. And, and we didn't. <laughs> there, done. You're being caught. Yeah, you did it. <laughs> High and dry on the Dundee rocks. 
That would have been excellent fun for the punters. But it does, it proof again, Fishos, it does happen to us all. Even the pro guides. It does happen. Uh, Bruce Simpson's a stick face Fisho. Put something under our nose this week. A variation of the sausage roll using a whole pilly with two snelled hooks and a squid hook rigged so that the pilly nose sits up tight in the end of the hood of the squiddy squid. Resembles something I can't quite put my finger on, but colloquially referred to as the the dot, dot, dot in a sock. <laughs> the rock in a sock. The in a sock. Yeah, the, <laughs> the rock in a sock or the clock in a sock. It's a clock in a sock. Benefits of clock in sock as follows. It sits nice in the current, it keeps the pilchard in good nick, and it offers two flavours. It's just a big-ass sausage roll, which, of course, is the chunk of pilly inside the, the tube of squid. And I think there was the kebab from memory, which was a chunk of pilly and then chunk of squid. It's very creative, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> the clock in a sock, the sausage roll and the kebab. You've got to keep it lively when you're out fishing. <laughs> it can get dull. Thank you, Bruce Simpson, ever informative. Uh, Facebook had suggested it's uh, not been lost on Territory Fish Show. Zach and um, Byron suggested it's actually known as the Dundee Hot Dog. And Tommy piped in to say in Queensland on the reef they call it the Trout Lollipop. Trout Lollipop. Mm, we know it as the clock in the sock. <laughs> mm. Dave Pears, you know, the winner of Tinny Employer of the Year. Oh, yes, reigning champion. Great morning off Dundee with Zach and Noah. Noah's his little fella. Mm. Noah was on the floor sleeping, so he didn't make the picks. Zach's first day fishing without bait. Tinny gone back, eh? Dropped him, mate. <laughs> you gonna net it for him, Noah? I don't know how to net things. You just put the net next to the water and scoop it up. Well done, you mob. And have you seen this? Two fishos had a lucky escape the other night at the mouth of the Robinson River on the Gulf. What happened? Well, their boat sank. Yeah. Can't get any worse, but your boat's sinking, and yeah. their boat sank. So they then had to swim, and they've waded through the croc-infested waters in the middle of the night to find phone reception. Ah. Uh, well, I would have waded through croc-infested waters anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, they've climbed up on a sand dune and waited for help to arrive, and it did come in the form of Borrolula Police, thank goodness, driven by King Ash Bay Servo Ono Tamo Kovamaki. Well done. A couple of, couple of heroes there. Yeah. ABC Tales from the Tinny is the place to uh, give us a hoy on Facebook or you can do it via email, fishing at abc.net.au. Lisa the Brave, you have a hoy. I have a bone to pick. What are you? What? Uh oh. I need you and the Tinny to stop talking about Undy Club. <laughs> it's starting to ruin relationships and lives. For those, who, uh, for those who don't know, the Undy Club is a club of, look, you've got to say they're weirdos. Uh, who every month get a new pair of undies. It's a cult. It's a, it's a it's cult a where you pay money and every month this new flash pair of undies land in your letterbox. And and then you parade them around like you're some like sort peacocks. of... Yeah, but, like peacocks. Yeah, like But hang on, Lisa. You're saying that it's ruining relationships. I, I think, is that because the undies are on? Ah! Oh. <laughs> so the, the foundation of a good relationship is well, for undies to be removed. Wouldn't you think so? So what's the problem? So now my man, he's uh, broken uh, like an eight-month drought of not catching Barra and he's not usually a superstitious fella, but he's put it down after two trips of catching fish, he's put it down to wearing a particular pair of the undies. It's a pair that's got a, sh a shark that's about to eat something coming out from the front. <laughs> so, like, of course it's Well, he can have his lucky undies. That, why should I stop talking about undie club? Wednesday, he goes out. He signed up his mate from work to this club too. So he, him and his mate, they go... they go. Let's go hang out in our undies together, catch fish. <laughs> <laughs> in special undies. So six o'clock on Wednesday morning to go fishing. My man comes up to me, hey, Lise, don't worry about dinner tonight. It's all sorted. And I'm like, oh, okay. like I'm going you, fishing. You, you and pretty... was he revealing his undies at the time? <laughs> Stop it! <laughs> well, I'm just thinking. But he does. And then he goes, dinner's sorted tonight, love. Um pulls down the little zip and shows me the shark. And I'm oh, like, oh, okay. He did. <laughs> no worries. Good luck. I said, just, maybe just don't get a little bit too cocky. So got, anyway, I, I get it. he's got his lucky undies on. He goes fishing. He failed. And then there was a big storm. He's off the water. Anyway, turn up back home. 
The trip was a disaster. They, the only thing they pulled onto the decks was a catfish that they reckon was about hand size, and they're blaming themselves and... And blaming undies. That sounds like the Because problem. of the undies. Because of these undies. So this is a friendship that's been going on for, what, 10 years? And now they're... So your man had lucky undies, Decky didn't wear lucky undies, now they're at each other, like yeah. cats. Yeah, because, you know, no one likes to be accused of being the bad luck or the banana on a boat. Or the, yeah, or the wearer of unlucky undies. Well, yeah. What do you expect when you've got men that are comparing undies with each other? It's not a normal look, normal practice. Oh, and not, I, think it's healthy. I, I think it's healthy, though, and I mean, that's why I've been a supporter, because men need to be able to express their emotions, talk to each other about their pain and suffering. If they can do that over a conversation about lovely, bright-coloured undies, then good on them. That's a weak excuse, let's go, Tim. Let's go hang out in our bright-coloured undies, chat about undies and catch a catfish. Maybe we'll give it a rest for two weeks. Yeah, let's silence it for a little while. <laughs> Can I ask one last question? <laughs> no, not if it's smut and innuendo again, right? Oh, that's the sort of stuff I like. <laughs> Did Decky have bananas on his jokes? The Decky, I didn't want to go anywhere near okay, that. Okay, that here endeth undie talk for two weeks. Shoot it, share it, shout it. Give us a voice. Loved it last week, Rock. Loved it. Stick face. Stick face, yes. That's the new name for Billfish across the territory. Yeah. I think it came from a comp that was happening out, where was that? Out of Groot. Yes. Get in and slay yeah. the stick face. Get a stick face into you. Yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> stick it in your face. Yeah, the no, stick face. Don't get a stick face up you. That is going to hurt way <laughs> m- That's going to hurt way more than a mullet. And you and Beard forecast a comp that might be coming up, similar to the top end uh, Barra series, a, a battle of the stick faces or the, the stick fi. Uh, Doug Saunders is with Darwin Game Fishing Club, but are you running it off your own bat? Yeah, mate. We've uh, sort of set it up. That way we don't have to get all the uh, people involved with the club so much. As a lot of people don't like joining clubs because they, they might only fish a couple of times a year. This is sort of going to give them the chance to um, fish individual rounds if they want, or they can enter the whole series, which is going to be eight rounds, four rounds earlier in the year when we get that really good run of uh, billfish off Dundee. And during the windier years, because it's an offshore tournament, with sort of, you know, July, August, we might skip those two months and then have the later build-up months. We'll run another four rounds then. Dougie, has there been much interest from, you know, in your circles in, in the, for this competition? Um, we've sort of been thinking about, like me and the guys that I fish a lot with, we've been thinking about ways to try and, uh, I guess, increase the um, popularity with it all because a lot of people are keen on it but don't really commit to the tournament. Um, we've had a lot of really good feedback in the last couple of weeks since we've released it. So at, at the moment, yeah, it's looking, looking like it could be um, a pretty good thing. And last week um, we were talking on this show that it could be called the Top End Billfish Series, which might get confused with the Top End Barra Series. Oh, well, that, that, that can't happen, Rock. It's, it's got to be Tess, the Top End Stick Face Series. <laughs> surely it's, surely it's got to be the Stick Face Series, Doug. No, no, we'll go, we'll go with the billfish title. <laughs> there might be a little bit of controversy there with the Barra boys, but we couldn't really change the location, so it had to be the top end. Well, I'm going to be calling it the top end stick face series. <laughs> <laughs> so, so where locations, mate? Will it, it will it be up to the competitor, or are you going to kind of do a different location for uh, each of the rounds? No, it is, it is sort of uh, up to the competitor to a degree. We're going to have a cutoff, so you can't go hundreds of kilometres away, but it's going to be... We'll have sort of rounds based at Dundee, but it's not going to stop you fishing and scent and patches or anywhere like that, because it's more so just that people getting out when they can and where they can. Um, we'll obviously have some rounds based out of Darwin as well for uh, later in the year. That way, it be a day, like a singular day round. They can just get out, go for a fish out off Darwin, and that'll be a round. But for the Dundee round, it's, it's pretty much fish anywhere you want in Darwin waters. Ours is, a, I don't know, it's a pretty unique fishery and a lot of people don't understand that, but we've got all-round access to billfish um, out of trailer boats. I don't think there's anywhere in the world that has that or can offer a chance to catch a sailfish or a marlin pretty much all year round out of a trailer boat access anywhere. Make, make our fishery up here a lot bigger and get people travelling. We've had a few um, people already ask about if the, uh, the guide boats are able to enter and I, I've said for sure if they've got clients that are happy to come up and they're, they're um, holiday times it with a round that they can enter the singular round at the cost for the singular round obviously but they, they're more than welcome to enter it and go out with some of the um, charter boats that are operating up here yeah it's a wicked idea doug and good on you and your mates for taking the effort to get it together organizing comps like this does take a huge amount of work and no doubt if they often don't happen without sponsorship and support from local businesses and companies getting behind them and 
helping with prizes and logistics and in-kind support. So no doubt if you want to give them a hand, get on to... Um, Get on to Doug if you can help out to make it a, uh, a reality. Hoping to kick it off uh, in the beginning of the season next year, 2020 then, Doug? Yeah, yeah. We're thinking the end of March will be the first round there. And then uh, you know, sort of once a, once a month um, from then on in up till we get the four rounds. And then, yeah, like I said, skip the early over uh, middle months and have another four towards the end of the year. And what about your personal fishing for the stick faces? Uh, has it died off now? Um, yeah, I went out two weeks ago. We had a uh, carton comp run by Bruce from the Darwin Game Fishing Club. He organised a little event there where I think there was 11 teams went out just fishing out of Darwin. Well, by the by the way, will beer be the prize in the Top End Stick Face Series? No, no. There'll be one individual round, which will be the um, All Good Carton Comp, which is a pretty big uh, round for the last two years now. That'll be included into this point. Oh, you'll absorb that in. Great idea. Yeah, yeah, we'll set the dates. And then I spoke to Brad. He was all good with that. And, it, yeah, it works out. And that way, I don't know, it stops it from being just a cart and comp. It's going to be an actual series of tournament with, you know, great prizes and all the rest of it. So, yeah, I went out two weeks ago. I had a pretty good season early on. And then the Dundee fish sort of shut down. I got a little bit busy with work, so I couldn't get out as much as I liked. But we went out two weeks ago in the last uh, little comp. Um, we didn't do real well. We raised a couple of fish, but we, we blew our chances. We had one nice marlin come in that was probably around the 50 to 60 kilo, and we um, we dropped that one. And then later in the afternoon, we lost another one that was sort of well over 100 kilo. Um, had it on for a few minutes and cleared the deck, started to um, chase it down, and, yeah, the hook pulled, which wasn't ideal. That's a big stick face. Yeah, yeah, oh, sort of 100 kilo. Anything over 100 mm. kilo up off our waters is... Um, is a, is a good sight fish, you know. You get a lot of the micro fish migrating through our water, which is another good thing about this tournament. More people out there fishing, we're going to get a better understanding of where these fish are uh, are travelling to and from, and where they're going, what time of the year they're coming through. I know by round three, Doug, whether you like it or not, you're going to be forced into having a prize for the SSF of the round, which is the supersized stick face. It's going <laughs> to you, you can't avoid this, man. We are right, we are right behind you, Doug. As is the Church of the Tinny. It's a great thing you're doing, mate. And keep us in contact. We'll give, we'll plug each round and give updates on the scores and everything, man. Thanks for catching up with us. Yeah, no dramas at all. Yeah, it'd be good to uh, catch up with you throughout the round and try and keep people updated with how it's going. What a great idea. Details on their Facebook page. The Top End Stick Face Series. Actually, the Top End Billfish Series, but that will get confused with the Top End Barra Series. So by round three, they'll be renaming it the Stop End, Top End uh, Stick Face Series. Red, fast and free. Presenting the Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker. Some say it's the scientific standard for measuring length. Some say that it gives you a guaranteed 20% more luck in catching fish. Some say that these stats might be slightly exaggerated. Much like your fishing yards without a Tales from the Tinny Fish Measuring Sticker. Email fishing at abc.net.au or message the Tinny on Facebook to get yours. That's what Dr. Dr. T is done. Hello, boys. Hello, Rock. Long-time listener, occasional contributor. I moved to report in on the Nullumboy Regional Sports Fishing Club annual billfish competition, stick face competition. This was a little while back. While on a work trip, I was lucky enough after uh, intercession by an intermediary to be invited to fish with the crew of Skin and Bones. I was about to live rigging up teasers for the big boys in Gove. The skipper, Bones Flanagan, and his son, Princess Morgana, and I had met the day before. Third team member, Shep, a man with more yarns than the wool section at Lincraft, picked me up well before five and we got to the ramp well and truly in the pre-dawn gloom in an air of anxious optimism. This guy is living (laughs) the tinny ethos. While there, one of the other locals demonstrated his poor grasp of ramp ep- etiquette and ducked in front of us at the ramp, where he proceeded to unstrap everything while his missus helped their little one go to the toilet beside the ramp. Great intro to the go fishing scene. Needless to say, this helped to lift our adrenaline levels <laughs> and got us match ready. Despite the delay, we were out in time for a 6am start. I'd already been carefully prepped and expectations suitably hosed down. So I was ready for long periods of boredom and moments of excitement. And that's exactly what we had. Caught plenty of tuna, surprisingly not any Mackies. And over two 12-hour days and 390 k's of lure trolling had a 3-1 zip comp. 
the lads were generous enough to let me have a strike for the only sailie we hooked, and it was the heights of shaking adrenaline overload, watching it jump repeatedly, and the depths of despair as we watched the lure fly out of its mouth mid-air. After two days, I'd started to mesh with the activity on the back deck, and it didn't feel at all like a Gumby and, and as useless as I did at the beginning. Such a technical team-orientated form of fishing to manage a spread of six lures and three teasers without ending up in a hot, sweaty mess and everything tangled up. Thanks to Bones, anyway, his son Morgan, who stood up to our merciless teasing, and Shep for taking me uh, under their wing and teaching me a thing or two. We had plenty of responsibly imbibed light froffies and lots of waffle between fish. Turtles, a manta jumping and backflipping beside the boat, dolphin, shark, ospreys, tuna busting up all around in glassy conditions. A great couple of days. And there actually is a ulterior motive, and that is, of course, as per the usual, to have a red go-fast, way, 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 Delilah sticker. In fact, maybe a couple. One to replace my old one, departed with my old tinny, and one for Blood and Bones, the crew up in Gove. Love the show, keep the social engineering and get one of those big sea mullets. Fair up, you Dr T. They're on their way to you in Clontarf, Queensland, Dr T, and to the mob out at Gove. We've also heard from one of the top end's worst barra fishing. Oh, that'd be Malbs? It's Malbs, it certainly is, he says. He's not one of, he is the worst, Rob. <laughs> By his own admission. Yeah, he has done that, hasn't he? <laughs> He goes on to say, forgive me, Tinny, for I have sinned. And in brackets goes, which doesn't really narrow things down with you, Mob? It has been forever since my last confession. Not really, Mabs. <laughs> you tell us all the time. <laughs> yeah, you do. What a bad f- that you are the worst barrowfish, eh? I am faced with an ethical dilemma. Mm. My father is in town from the southern climes, hiding from the cold. Mm. Since undergoing chemotherapy, he has lost his passion for fishing. Oh. Me thinks the chemicals have killed the fishing bug. <laughs> Since being up here, he has again. What's your excuse, Mouth? Yeah. <laughs> maybe it's going out with mouths. Wouldn't that be... No, I don't yeah, want to maybe. go, son. Yeah. No, I've nah, had chemo. Sorry, I've had mate. Enough. Yeah, I'm, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I've, I've had too much chemo. Oh, nah, nah. You go by yourself, son. I'm proud of you, son. I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the real reason, Mouths. <laughs> So, so he goes to say again, since being up here, he has again for the NT the urge to fish. But mm. being that he's been busy with work, he's been fishing land-based solo. Probably because he's related to me, he has not raised a scale. Mm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. We've already covered that off. So to continue the dilemma, he is heading back south for more treatment. And if I were to anoint him with my red GoFast 120YYY ah. fish measuring sticker, along with instructions on the incantation chant for use upon application. Which is praise be the mullet. Will he still be afforded the increased catch rate percentage? Yes. As if Neville the drunken albatross has delivered said yes. sticker. Okay, I get it now. Yes, if you give him your sticker... Uh, providing the chant is 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 uttered, uh, it will transfer all a seventy four percent increase in catch rates. Yeah, but he hasn't got any catch rate. Well, seventy four percent on zero. Yeah, yeah. If okay. I was uh, if I was a dad, I'd want to get my own brand new. It's on its way, Dad. <laughs> you can message us too, fishing at abc.net.au if you'd like a sticker up, yeah. Well, there's hardly a lure that's more exquisitely snaggable. In fact, if you shell out for a half-decent one, the price-to-snag ratio is probably not a good one. You're talking about vibes. Yeah, soft vibes. Expensive for what they are, uh, and they are very snaggable. They are very snaggable. But they're also very bloody effective, and that's why we use them. Well, I've used them a lot, and Mm. I've used them a lot with Greeny, who has been kind enough to deliver us some techniques and tips on how to use them a lot better. spent a lot of time fishing soft vibes and I think they're a really fun lure to use but there's a lot of things that um, will improve your catch on soft vibes and they relate to basically your preparation, your stance, the way you actually work the lure and the ability for you to strike from the wrist quickly. The key to soft vibe fishing with barramundi is that they suck the lure in and spit it out in probably a quarter of a second. Sometimes the fish will hook themselves on the spit out, but more generally you'll just feel a bump has been brought in and sucked and then immediately exhaled. 
and that happens in the brink of an island like when you look at some of the underwater footage of barra feeding and rejecting food it happens so quickly you can't even catch it on film now when you're fishing in like typically in a creek mouth or around a snag or for two barra that are suspended in structure fishing with soft vibes the key is to have a rapid strike rate and you can't have a rapid strike rate if your rod is high in the water so generally in terms of like a clock face we fish soft vibes from about three o'clock up to one o'clock and that arc is quite short and the drop is important because nearly all the bites come on the drop and the lift you just need enough lift so that the pulse of the soft fiber is felt through the rod and it doesn't need to be lifted far although that varies sometimes it's about 20 centimeters sometimes it's up to a meter but in general it's a short lift and you'll see where the fish are hanging on your sounder so it needs to be in their face all the time what I like to do is I'm left-handed so I have the rod in my left hand I use a thread line nearly all the time with soft vibes and I position myself so that my elbow is by the left side of my body and fairly fixed my arm is out at about 90 degrees to my elbow and the lure is entirely worked from the wrist I have my left leg back and my right leg forward and I'm in a pose where I know that immediately on the slightest bump or pause in the drop or anything like that I can snap my wrist and strike and that's been the key to success you have to pay attention to every lift or you'll miss a lot more fish it's all about the speed of the lift once the fish has the lure now you'll never hook all the bites on soft vibes because it's spat out so quickly but what I found like, by doing this method is I've increased my success probably fivefold over what I used to do and it's about careful attention being on your game all the time looking at that line as it sinks feeling that line as it sinks and striking at any almost imperceptible bump or slowing down of the sink or flick now sometimes the fish will take the lure on the drop hook itself and immediately jump out they're the easy ones but more often than not the fish that you need to hook are the ones that you can hook as soon as it sucks it in before it spits it out and that is in a fraction of a second so you have to be alert and on your game for this time just the vibe of the thing it's all part of it this is what i'm getting at but that's my point it's it's the vibe of it in summing up it's the vibe and uh no that's it it's the vibe tales from the tinny g'day i'm tristan from palmerston Tristan, we never heard much a couple of weeks ago on that set of neeps that everyone was hopeful and uh, expecting about uh, out at Shady. You fished it. Yeah, we did. We got a whole bunch of fish, and, and between me and you, there was actually some good reports from the wildmen that people kept on the, on the downline as well. So plenty of fish caught out the wildmen, but we fished Shady and, and did quite well as well. Many barrel or mostly threadies? No, it was, it was just bulk threadies. We got close to 30 fish in over two hours and they were so thick he'd hook up and then when your decky was winding his, his lure in to get the net he'd hook up as well so it was, it was, it was great fun but uh, we, we couldn't find a barrier for love or money it's so hard to complain about it yet we complain about it yeah it's, it's ironic if, you, if you're catching meter plus 30s in Darwin Harbour you'd be screaming and yelling to the heavens with excitement but out at Shady we were Tighten the drag, and we were pulling them in and, uh, and trying to find a barrel. So what was working on the threadies? What were we using? <laughs> Just going to make this worse. Great thready fishing, Tristan. Yeah, it was brilliant, and, and to be blunt, um, everything was working. But if I went out there just to catch threadies, I would be trolling uh, big bombers uh, in chartreuse green, and that's what I'll do all day because when we did our first troll run, I freeze-pulled behind the boat, clicked into the gear, and I got hit straight away. So, yeah. And it's that, that general, you know, bottom of the low tide, about 30 to 40 minutes after the bottom of the low tide, when it starts to push in, you could see them on the side scan pushing through. And a lot, a lot of big fish. And they were great fun, um, no, no doubt about that. But we were looking for a barra and, and didn't, didn't succeed. Yeah. So have you been finding any barra anywhere? Yeah, we've been finding a lot of barra and, and big ones of that too, which is, which is good. Close to home, not quite out at Shady Camp, a lot, a lot closer to Darwin. Shoal Bay. Yeah, we've been, we've been hitting Shoal Bay, and I think I had a chat to you around this time last year, Tim, where we were giving a similar report, 
but th this year we've done something different and this year it's been even more successful which has been really pleasing to for us yeah involved in the crowds I've been fishing Shoal Bay recently too and it's been really tough and I notice that fishing around the rock in particular, even if you're seeing fish, you're not actually able to get them to bite. Have you been able to break that kind of curse? Yeah, so I've got a brains trust nationwide which I tend to, tend to rely on and I've got a really good mate who lives in Cairns. What are you consulting him uh, for? One of the big things this time of year is you get a lot of banana prawns prior to the the wet season. When you get the first flush of rain, they get flushed towards the mouth of rivers and estuaries. And often in North Queensland, you can pick them up cast netting. You can see them on the sound, the big red blobs. And the barren threadies, this is his information, I've just translated to Northern Territory, um, seem to really single on, on that food source. Almost like, uh, using a southern example, or trout will switch on to a particular type of insect. The, the barren threadies, especially the barra, love these big prawns and they'll eat them to exclusion of everything else. So have you been imitating prawn or cast netting or drag netting for prawns <laughs> i'm not quite brave, brave enough to drag net look originally what we did was get a cast net and get a few prawns and see if this actually did work and it absolutely did work so we caught a, quite a few big barrel on on live prawns first off and then cast netting a whole bunch of prawns really hurts your shoulders and arms so we, we switched to soft plastics and we've been braining some big barrel on them how, how big? So I got a, a 117 uh, a couple of um, weeks ago now, like, or maybe three weeks ago now. And we're getting, we've got a whole bunch of fish in the 90s. So that's the only meter we've got, but we've got fish up to 99. And all on imitation prawn soft plastics? So we just use two of the most popular brands. The other thing we do is add a little bit of bling. So we, we steal one of those willow blade attachments you see on those weedless rigs and clip it on the bottom of the, of the shank of the hook and we do all types of stuff. We use squidgy scents and we use uh, you know, all types of scents just to bling it up, to let it stand out a little bit. And one of the reasons we're making these, these artificial stand out um, is we're fishing different tides, bigger tides, and the water's a lot dirtier. So we need them to actually um, silhouette better and create a bit more flash and vibration. Effectively, we're fishing um, the run out in the first push, but we're getting our, our bites in the first push of the run in. And these aren't your traditional shoal bay tides for some of those locations. They're um, 1.9 to 1.6 metre lows. I can't claim credit for this, actually. Um, I was listening to Alex Julius talking, uh, well, months ago now, about how he believes Barramundi bite more aggressively in the first push of the run-in. And obviously in this location, we see a lot of big fish on the sound, and the complaint always from fishermen is they have lockjaw. And these are guys fishing the neeps. So on your bigger tides, you have a shorter bite window where the fish are more aggressive and the water's more dirty, okay? So we said, right, these fish have to eat sometime. Let's switch our methodology around from fishing the neeps with the clear water to fishing the big tides, looking for that first push and that aggressive bite window and trying to get these fish where no one else is looking at them. How, how long's that window? It's, it's not long. It can be 30 to 45 minutes on average. Uh, on the bigger tides, it might be 60 minutes, but realistically, you're looking at 30 minutes and they'll make you or break you, yeah. It's obviously been making you. Yeah. Fantastic fishing. Yeah, it's been brilliant fishing. So we've been, on average, getting two or three 90s a session, which is great. Um, only boat at this particular location because we, we plan to sit effectively in a foot of water and wait for the tide to, to rise at this one location. Once it gets to a metre and a half, the barrel pushed through. That's enough water we found that they're comfortable to feed in. And then when I said we've got 30 to 45 minutes, um, often we'll see them come through. We'll have the sounder switched on. And then once we see the first fish push in, we'll turn the sounder off, we'll put an anchor down, and we'll, we'll try and be as stealthy as possible. Because these fish are really switched on and really wise up to boat noise and boat activity. How small are the imitation banana prawns? So they're probably about four inch, I guess. And what we're doing is throwing them up current. Um, the fish are holding into back eddies and, and structure and so on and so forth. Very, very slowly winding them back. Lots of pauses, lots of drops, because the prawn doesn't move very fast. It just travels and bumps along the bottom and the fish are absolutely smacking them. We carry multiple rods rigged up with the same lures or different imitations of the similar type of lures in case we do snag up and it's just break it, pick up another rod and just, just keep casting. When we hook up fish, we get them as fast as absolutely possible. Like we're talking lock drag and, and brutal fights. Um, and we can catch a fish on the jump and stick a net under it, we'll, we'll do that as well. And I think it's because banana prawns can travel in really shallow water and because they don't move a lot, when there's a big push of tide, they're the first things to get pushed up and carried into the system and the barrow know that and they're trying to actually get in front or get behind these fish as soon as they possibly can. As soon as enough water for them to travel in. You know, why I say 1.5 metres is perfect, we've caught barrow in 60 centimetres of water that went, you know, 98 centimetres because he only needs enough water to cover his back so he's comfortable to feed. So whereabouts in Shelby? 
it's the rock. Yeah, we, we've been fishing the rock pretty pretty consistently for four or five years now. And what we found out during that time is these barra are getting really well educated. Often when there's multiple boats there, you hear the people, you know, they're cussing and they're carrying on. These barra won't bite. They've got locked jaw. No, they, they get shut down for reasons. Boat traffic, you know, you, you get six boats there, three anglers each, all throwing lures for six hours. They see a lot, a lot of lures uh, and, and, and they just wise up. Look, I, I know for sure that they're the same fish because I've caught one fish there three times. Very distinctive. It's got a big scar on its tail where a shark or a, a croc has grabbed it. You know, I caught it once um, 2015. It was 91. It's now 97. Um, I caught it again this year. So obviously they're the same barra uh, and, and um, they, they frequent the same location. So th- th- these fish are wised up. And with educated fish like that, you need to constantly change what you're doing if you want to get a bite. Barra been to university. This is ominous. <laughs> Man, we can't outsmart them when they're straight out of preschool. Thanks for the tutelage again. It's like a lot of, a lot of things in fishing. You get a jigsaw puzzle, you piece together little bits and you come up with something, a theory. And we love theories, or I love theories and trying to put them to work. And uh, you go out and if, if it all comes together, brilliant. And you, know, you fish it really hard for four months and then you tell the tinny about it before the... the, <laughs> the <laughs> once you've done it. Once, once, it. once the season's wrapped up, because uh, based on our calculations, the first week of December is when we get big rain. I know there's rain forecasted for next week and that's when the bay will shut up shop. So, <laughs> Mate, you're not alone. Enjoy it while it's great, then tell the tinny. So be a leader, not a follower. Fishos. I think that's the lesson. Thanks, Tristan. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Tristan. That was really, really good stuff and worthwhile hanging in for to have a listen to that. I like the way he told us all that info and I was I was sure he wasn't going to tell us where. I was sure he was going to say, look, it's just somewhere in Shoalbay. Mm. He quite happily gave up the rock and that is because it's over. <laughs> 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 the run is done. Uh, and that is the time when understandably he's ready to share with the church. At least he's sharing. That's the key. That's the key. Thanks also to Jared Godson, uh, to Greeny, and to Tristan, as you mentioned, Doug Saunders, Rocket, Lisa the Brave. As always, Warren DeWitt, and to you, Rock. I wonder how those hail boys are going. Oh, no way! I've never seen anything like it! Look at the signs of it! Look at the size of it! Until next week, get a hailstone-sized mullet up ya!